We are live to absolutely nobody, but hey, <laughs> welcome back to a second the second episode of our uh, of Fool's Court again on YouTube. Uh, this is the second football related, uh, or rather like actual football related episode that we've done in the last week or so. I have a guest with me this time, so I'm, let's before we start off the episode, I'd like to introduce Vishnu, who is joining us for the very first time. Uh, we were really on the lookout for somebody who would love to talk Arsenal, and because the, the three of the four of us support such different clubs, it made no sense for us to keep banding about Arsenal when without having someone who is on that side of the fence and who is going through the shit that the club are putting him through. So, uh, Vishnu, welcome, welcome on to the Thanks show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So, um, for those of you who are listening to this on on Spotify, because this will be on Spotify as well as Apple and Google Podcasts in the next few days, we do the show live on YouTube. Uh, we will then take it to Spotify on on the next day, on basically on the audio streaming platforms the next day, and from then on, um, you can share it with your with your with your circles and whatnot. So, I guess there's only one place for us to start with. Um, what I think, what I've discussed with uh, you guys, is that we I kind of want to talk about a big result from possibly the biggest game uh, of the weekend so far. It was Spurs versus Man City, a game which many predicted Man City to wipe the floor uh, to wipe to, to wipe the floor with, with Spurs. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for City because they looked really undercooked. Um, I'd let either of you start as to what you thought of that game. Um, what does it mean for City season? Or is it just like a minor blip uh, given the grand scheme of things? I watched the first 20 minutes and then uh, and then I was driving so I had to turn it off and then I and then I watched like the last 20 minutes. Uh, I, didn't mm-hmm. have, I, I honestly didn't watch the song go like I, and I, I didn't have time today to go back and watch the highlights but from what I watched in the first 20 minutes I think the first 15 minutes City was scintillating. They were like the Spurs, Spurs couldn't get the ball off them. The, their, their, uh, their movement, their speed of passing, all of that was so good. Spurs were just unable to handle it. That's all mm-hmm. I saw. And in the last 20, they looked fatigued. They were out of it. Like Especially the last 10 minutes, I don't remember City having one chance. I think they had one shot from 30, 35 yards. And that's, that's all that I can... Remember, I think Spurs pretty much had the ball in the city third of the entire last uh, entirety of the last ten. So, in between, I don't know what happened. I I can't comment on that. But just from the evidence of the first fifteen minutes, I don't. This is just a minor blip in City's race to the title this season. I and let's let's not forget, they didn't have literally five of their starters playing yes, uh, yesterday. I think Kyle Walker mm. is a starter. KDB is a starter. Uh, Rodri is a starter that wasn't playing. Stones is uh, yet to be back. And mm-hmm. there was one more person who was missing uh, who would who would be their starter. I think, uh, I mean, Foden, Jesus Foden. now Foden. Foden. Yeah. Foden's out for, a, out for a while. Yeah. So, these they literally didn't have half their side. The moment this... These five get back into the team. City are just going to go on that insane runs that they go on. But one, having said that, I think this season, if City have, if City lose maybe one or two more games in the next seven or eight games, it's going to be so much more harder this season than last season. Only because the competition is so much tougher with Chelsea, Liverpool, 
United doing so well in the opening game. I mean, it's just one game. Let's not get a, get too ahead of ourselves. It's one game for these three winning and one game of, of City losing. I mean, we mm-hmm. can talk about more of this maybe in four or five game weeks time. But for now, I just think it's a minor blip. And uh, Nuno has always had, for some reason, he's always had Pep's number, number one. And City have failed to score at this uh, at Spurs for what is it now? Three or four, four, four years now? I yeah, know. I mean, um, three. They've they've lost their last four games there, or something. Yeah, they've lost the last four games there. So, but they've they've mm-hmm. failed to score in the last two or three. Saying something about, you know, the the bogey team or the bogey ground that they have. Like, uh, I think for us it's Burnley for whatever reason. So I guess for City it's Spurs. Hmm. Yeah, but if you see, no. uh, uh, on, yeah, yeah, but if you look at the context, right? See, um, especially this season with a lot of teams with the COVID and the preseason turmoil that City had, specifically with like preseason games being cancelled, and there's a different thing practicing at the training ground, but there's a different thing getting like match practice. So if you see City's preseason being really, you know, in turmoil, even though. The headlines were Grealish 100 million, right? But the context mm. is they didn't really have a proper preseason. And secondly, in terms of a couple of comments already been made about City getting away without a striker last season, that's because they yeah. carried on the momentum post Christmas, right? But this is a season, mm-hmm. like Sid, you rightly said, where teams have come, like strengthened even more. They're going for particular players like Lukaku at Chelsea and you know, a couple of other players like, like Villa, Villa not in the race, but they're going like specific mm-hmm. teams are targeting specific players with a plan. Whereas City mm-hmm. are still relying on the whole Kane situation, which is another distraction. So, yeah. if City this season go like, let's say six points behind with like, even after 10 games, it's going to be really hard for them to come back. And again on Walker, mm-hmm. like he was the biggest miss I felt because he's the kind of guy who stops the counter-attacks. From his side, which makes up for the entire defense. Whereas if you if you watch the game again, you'll see that mm-hmm. Mendy in the second half completely capitulated on that side. And most of Spurs' tags were going down that, that side of the pitch. Like Mendy is the, the weakest link in that city defense. Yeah, at the moment. I, I completely and he's not started completely. he's not started enough as well over the last couple of seasons. Like he's won all these trophies. He's winning every season trophy after trophy, but what has he done on the pitch, right? He, he's not done mm-hmm. much. And that again like completely still, yeah. came to the fore. In the game against I Spurs. love that point you're, you're making about Mendy because you know he's costed City 52 million. Why why doesn't anybody talk about that? Like he is 52 million for a left back who's played a handful of games. And like, exactly. like you rightly said, he's won, he's won the World Cup. He's won three league titles. For what? I mean, I don't it's like Bosinga. It's like Bosinga winning the Champions League with Chelsea back in uh, 2011 and 2012. Like it's similar to that. <laughs> but Bosinga was better than that. Like honestly, I, I would I'm just say like, some sort banter, of... whatever. But I'm saying it's I'm just saying <laughs> a bit of banter there. But, but you're saying it's a similar, it's a similar sort of situation. But, so City looked good at the start. They really looked good. Uh, Grealish was making those those runs he's so famous for. And this is my big gripe with him moving to City is that he's a he's a maverick at, at the end of the day, right? He tends to, like, he'll pick the ball up on the half and he'll start making those runs into the box. And I feel with uh, with Grealish, I think that will get driven, that will get like put, taken out of him given Pep's insistence on people following the exact system, the exact position he wants him to be in. 
So that's a little sad. But yeah, for the most part, uh, you, I completely agree with you guys. I agree that City don't have, didn't have a preseason. They didn't. They gassed out pretty early. But even in the early stages of that game, when the ball is being turned over, Spurs were were doing what they basically trained for that entire for the you know for that particular game was they would cast him in transition in, on the on the turnover and try to hit them on the counter attack. He start he went with Bergwijn and Lucas and. Um, and Son, who are probably three of the far, one of the three of the, of the more faster players in the Premier League, so it was very evident as to what Nuno was doing, and he's done this with Wolves. Like Wolves, he's had a, a pretty insane record of uh, handling Pep's teams in the past, so it, there was no surprise as to what he would try to do to Pep, and you could see it coming. Like initially, the the ball would like the play would break down on the edge of the D. It would be a misplaced pass more for more often than not from Bergwijn. Son would make the wrong decision. Ali would not get there in on time to make the pass or he would not uh, make himself available. Eventually, in the second half, when, and when City came out and when Spurs came out, I felt Spurs were, had been gotten to at halftime. Nuno was like, what the, what the hell are you guys doing? Make sure you get to the ball, make the right decisions. Get it to Son. And when Son got the ball at the edge of the box, he curls one beautifully into the bottom corner. I don't know. Is it just me, or does Ruben Diaz really like? He had a chance like before that as well. He had a chance before yeah. that as well. So on, which was supposed yeah, to be a corner, but ref didn't give it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in the, the first half, right? It, yeah, it was supposed. But, but you see, for City, the biggest chance was Mares. Mm-hmm. Easy chance in front oh, yeah, of goal, six yards out, and he misses that, right? And goals win you mm-hmm. games. I felt if City exactly. had scored, then the wins, the, mm-hmm. the wins would have completely, you know, carried them at least for a draw. Like those mm-hmm. are fine margins in these type of games, especially yesterday. If you see, there are not many clear, clear cut chances. It was like someone has to take a chance, like Son did <coughs> or Mares missed. It was going to be a game like that. Mm-hmm. It was really tight. Yeah, I agree. And then the moment that one goal went in, I was like, okay, now I expect. Um, I mean, this game is going to play out exactly how you think it's going to play out because City have no focal point. They're playing Ferran Torres uh, as a number nine, or at least in the striker position. Uh, he had. Possibly the best chance in that half, where I think he he got to the ball a little late, or rather it it was just a little behind him, and he miscontrolled it with his wrong foot. Uh, a ball that comes it's it's off a free kick, which goes to Cancelo, and Cancelo crosses it into the uh, into the box. And uh, Torres, I, I thought it was heading into the back end from the angle that they presented to us, but uh, unfortunately, that that I mean for City rather that you know, was the, his touch was pretty bad. But yeah, now uh, where does this leave City with the whole Kane deal? Because right now, I mean, Kane, as we all know, has dropped from the squad. Uh, he came back in on Thursday. There's a huge, dis- uh, I mean, debate as to who was in the right. Was I mean, did he actually skip training, or was it just what he always intended to be? I think it's the former because right now he's just trying to save face, saying oh, I was always intended to come back on the, on the Thursday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, because you wanted to miss the first game of the season, the biggest game, one of the biggest games of Spurs season, because that's just how it is, right? Um, I think now, only, I think he was the only English player to either not start or not be on the bench. Only English player who went to the Euros who neither didn't start nor was on the bench uh, in the opening day uh, team sheets across the twenty Premier League clubs. Apart from uh, Rashford, who is, of course... I mean, he's, I mean, he's in surgery. He's not, yeah, he's yeah. not eligible. I'm not, I'm, obviously, right. I'm not counting him. I'm saying apart from him. Like, those who are eligible and... Correct, correct. Could have yeah, you're started. absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so I have a question now. Uh, does he go at the end of the window? Is he staying? I'll, I'll start with uh, Vishnu. I'll go with you and then I'll move on to Tushar, uh, Akshay and then uh, Sid. I, it's a tricky one, I think, because he's 28. He's going to be 29 next year. And he's he'll still have three years left on the contract. I feel it's going to be a case of him maybe going next season most likely. But only because mm-hmm. it's Levy. Only because it's Levy mm-hmm. and he's going to dig his heels in. And he's going to stay. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a case of him doing RVP. He's probably going to have just enough time maybe to win one league title with City, mm-hmm. which I think he's eventually going to go. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I think he'll go next season because he's been at Spurs since he was a kid after he joined, mm-hmm. after he left Arsenal, obviously. That's the last mm-hmm. trophy celebration in his life. So, but uh, it is what it is. I think he goes next season. He's a phenomenal player, obviously, but... He should go. You know, players like him deserve to win titles. I mean, he's a joy to watch no matter what team he plays for. And he, uh, it's it's like a RVP situation. He deserves to win the title mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, Akshay? Yeah, I think he, he does stay at uh, Spurs. I think Nuno made a statement that he's going to continue as a Tottenham player about three to four days ago. So I think he's just, I guess personal reasons must have kept him out of training. And to miss the first game of the season. But I think he'll stay back at Spurs and hopefully uh, win, win at least the trophy, be it whichever trophy he's competing for. Uh, Conference League. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah, Conference League. That's right. I mean, you do forget, Nuno took, uh, Nuno took Wolves to the Euro, Europa semi-finals where yeah. like, they got beaten off in a one-off game. So you don't know what could happen in the Conference League. Yeah, but um, Nuno's a promising uh, manager and I'm sure he'll do good for the team. Yeah, I mean, he gets a lot of slander, which I don't think is uh, f- fully fully deserved. Style of football, that's because of his style of football. Even then, I mean, like before the whole, the, the, the Jimenez injury ruined, like derailed his season. The season before that was more, more fun to watch because they were, I mean, they were obviously, they had these, this insane counter-attacking style. Uh, which made them uh, quite enjoyable to watch, but even but I guess like he further retracted into his shell after Jimenez's uh, uh, injury last year, and, and they just got really boring. The lack of crowds didn't help. Molyneux, I think, plays a plays a big uh, a part in in Wolves' home form. At least the crowd that the crowd can be very loud. Um, I'm complaining. That's that's literally hmm. the mantra that United play. So counter attacking football, hmm. sir. I mean, I wouldn't technically say that, but okay, we'll 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 get to United in a bit. But uh, anyway, I mean, they're not. Uh, uh, speaking of Kane, I I'll tell you what. Let's just put a number. I think if it's 150, if City come back with a bit of 150 in the last week of of transfer window, Kane leaves. Because let's face it, Levy is not going to turn down 150 million for a 28 year old. For a 28 year old, I mean, as much as. As a shrewd businessman Levy is, and as much as he wants, like Vishnu said, wants to dig in his heels, he's not turning down 150 million for Kane because I don't see another Kane coming out of Spurs anytime soon. And to get that sort of money, he can reinvest it. He can pay back some of the stadium debt. He can reinvest it in the squad because right now, let's face it, Spurs are rebuilding. Whether Kane stays or not, Spurs are rebuilding. They have to rebuild it because they're. Mm-hmm. Their backline is was was aging. He's brought in new new folks, but he'll have to rebuild in some way or the other. I know I know Tanganga had a brilliant game yesterday. 
I think he was the man of the match as well. So mm-hmm. he's uh, brave. He's brave to start both Tanganga and Skip both together skip, yesterday. Exactly. He mm-hmm. threw them was, in the deep end and they came out like unscathed. Lucky. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big call. They, honestly, Tanganga came out with flying colors. He was brilliant yesterday. For whatever little bit of the game that I watched, brilliant. But that's why it's a rebuilding for Spurs. And if see the thing is maybe next year he gets only fifty million for Kane. So yeah, that's that's the fear, right? Like that's the exactly. point I, I want so, I want to make yeah. it because right now there's if Grealish is a hundred, Kane's a hundred and fifty. I I don't think there's no there's any argument about it. He is probably the second best striker in the world after Lewandowski. There's no arguments there. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm take, I'm saying out and out center forward. Like I think he's the second best because he can drop in deep. He can make plays from deep as well. Collect the ball closer to midfield and then have runners on either side, which is what Son and Mora were doing often for Spurs. He can do that as well. So, mm-hmm. he is a complete striker and 150 million is completely justified. And if, if City come out with that sort of crazy valuation and say, here's 150, I think Kane leaves. I te- Levy takes the deal, Kane leaves. If not, Because the only thing is, next year, two-year contract, he's 29 going to turn 30 i don't think that anybody's going to pay 150 i don't think anybody's going to pay a three figure sum he might probably go for like 70 80 tops and losing 70 million that's literally one really really good player that you can buy so mm-hmm. in this in well, this let's flip it around right like if you see spurs history right when bale left for massive amounts of money right and Lamella, incidentally, is the last player to leave off that entire seven or eight players that they bought at the time, right? So he surely has to learn lessons from how to rebuild as well. So does he go yeah, for because... money, or or does he have a different solution to rebuilding Spurs? Because they, as you, you see with Leicester and all these teams, like I'm sure there are different ways to build sides apart from taking the big money and just going all out like they did after Bale left. Listen, you cannot. There is no quick fix, like. You cannot replace... So, let, let me put it this way. If they sell a cane, they can't buy another cane because another cane is not coming to Spurs. Let's face that. They're not in the Champions League. They are rebuilding and nobody who is of the same ilk as, as Kane is going to come to Spurs. They will have to build it in another way. Either promote their youth or get in half-decent play. And try to put in a system that will work and, and then challenge for, you know, for initially top four and then from there maybe challenge for the title. Because with 150 million, like you said, Lamella is the only I think they bought about seven or eight players from bail money and all of them were flops. It was the same with United when they sold Ronaldo, they got a bunch of bad players. It was the same with I think Barcelona when they sold Neymar and got a bunch of bad players. Yeah, so we see trends there all across all across the yeah. park, right? So it's everywhere. It's in every team. We, like you said, it's you can't replace. You you there cannot not be another cane in from Spurs. I mean, obviously, it's going to take years, decades, maybe. But that's why they stick on to him. I mean, he's the low. He's the club man. He's been there since he was a kid. And why would they want to let him go? Like, right? It's like that's the thing. yeah. They, why would they let him go? I I, I completely agree with you. Contractually, he like has another panel I like to draw is with let's say Matt Letizia back in the day at Southampton, right? And Alan hmm. and let's say the one club guys, right? But that generation's gone. It's all about the wages now. It's all about 
quick quick titles quick everything so even time has changed so mm. i guess it's it's a 50-50 we really can't predict how it's exactly going to go but if if like if he's a loyal guy and he's like a mad letisi and he wants to stay and see out his career maybe win a title or two a few cups i mean that's another thing we really don't know it was too many like shearer he he moved from blackburn to newcastle only because i mean united were in for him he knew that very well but he moved to newcastle because he's a newcastle he's a magpie through and through yeah and the the only reason he moved to newcastle was because he had won a title with blackburn exactly different situation again yeah but Shreyas, no, I, think, has, I i think if you can highlight the point that shreyas just made he says the mm-hmm. reason why he is adamant is that levy doesn't want to sell a player to the epl team which we all know he hates selling to epl mm-hmm. teams and he says if it's a non epl team who's asking for 100 mil for kane then by now he would have been sold yeah, i think i think that's true but that's the case with every english team right like uh when we bought rio from leeds he was the then oh west ham no leeds which one was it leeds west leeds. ham leeds leeds so he was the then most expensive signing so obviously you do want to strengthen your direct rival i know man city quote unquote are not spurs as direct rival but in a way he sees them as their direct rivals so obviously he's not going to he might he might as well get the most out of that deal so yeah i think i agree with said that if if 150 million comes on the table then kane's gone hmm um i don't think levy will wait till deadline day though because levy will probably look for replacements if he's selling him so i'm i'm guessing within this week or two i mean within this week basically man city have to make that 150 million bid and uh, <clears throat> the other thing about pep is every time he loses again he goes and does angry shopping so <laughs> that, that that might that, that that might happen uh oh. yeah I, and i think kane did what he did because he's been making he's asked levy he's got that gentleman's agreement he went to the next player did that golf interview all that to say that dude i'm going i want to go let me go okay and the guy is not letting him go so he had to pull all this i'm not coming to training i mean we've seen players pull way worse mm. things but i, I mean i mean koto uh, just didn't show up for training and said you either sell me or or fuck you basically right so we yeah, that's, that's a power move that's yeah, a power move yeah, that's, that's, that's the power yeah. the power move that you you pull right um yeah except it didn't work out for kane because his idiot of a brother made him sign a 6 year contract <laughs> like who signs a 6 year contract it's a lucrative contract obviously he's going to sign it right yeah but I mean, you, even you take a 4 year or a 3 year dude who takes a 6 year like if you make a brother negotiate maybe that's not the best best thing for you see see uh, see, yeah, timing I, mean, well, I think right? i, I think so the final of the champions league and stuff so the timing also has a lot to do with when he committed to that contract again yeah, yeah. i mean i can understand i can understand uh, you know your uh, it being like an emotional thing right but in 20 let's say let's go back to 2018 it's 2018 and you have a gentleman's agreement situation in your contract why is very simply if these clubs come for me and if they pay a certain figure above 110 or 115 million i can go no so that's a great parallel because if you look at grealish's signing right Exactly. So they had a mm-hmm. 100 million clause specifically in the contract it said yeah. any team comes with exactly 100 million or more you you're off and it also no, had a not, not any team it, it was not it was not any team it was any team that was in the champions league 
Oh, but I don't know. I think it's just like I, I honestly see him going at the end of the window. I think City will, will push that extra 15 million. See, I still maintain that this is a really bad transfer for City because you are. I don't think they've ever gone for somebody over the age of 28. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like somebody, and they've usually taken a player at least under the Rob, Pep regime. Robinho. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, Pep. Pep. Yeah, the Pep and regime, man. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's usually somebody the 24th, the 26th range who he can mold, who will listen to him. Uh, I mean, not saying Kane won't listen to him. I think obviously Kane is going there to be one of the best players. But I feel like it's it's a bit of a Van Persie transfer because I feel as soon as um, I think Pep has maybe two titles left in him, he's waiting. Once the Champions League is done, in my opinion, Pep is out, and then you are stuck with a huge number of players who are going to be on massive wages. I don't think wages or money is going to be a problem, but shifting them out is going to be uh, is going to become an issue. Even though I kind of think that Kane may have longevity to his career because he's not based reliant as let's say. Uh, a Martinez or even a Rashford up to a certain extent. He reminds me a lot I of London, like like yeah, maybe. But he's he's injury prone. I mean, Lewandowski isn't as uh, as injury prone as as Kane is, and that's for me it's it's a strange transfer. It's good for from a United perspective because it leaves the door wide open for for Haaland next season. But we'll get to uh, uh, that next year uh, in a bit. <laughs> Let's talk about, in my opinion, the most exciting game of the weekend so far. purely from an entertainment perspective which was newcastle versus west ham we'll spend a couple of minutes on it uh i because it was a really fun game to watch there were fpl interests in it but we'll speak about that at the at the end of this episode because some of us have had some very hard fpl weekends some of them, uh, some of us have had glorious weekends as as you'd expect um but uh in terms of newcastle um and west ham there's only one place to start i guess or one person to start with dori uh, talk to us about <laughs> Newcastle. No? I mean, apparently Steve Bruce pre- spent the pre-season writing novels and shit. So maybe training took a little bit of a backseat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he was writing about Bosnian killers and something and all. He's going to release his novel in like 4 or 5 months. <laughs> oh god. But uh I, I mean, they played well, dude. Like uh, they played with heart and stuff Newcastle. I liked it. I mean, it was a really fun game. Um Again, Steve Bruce has no no idea on tactics. I didn't. I don't think they set up tactically right for West Ham. I got found out a bunch of times. I mean, Wilson scored. I, I think that, that that was good. I mean, that was a good goal. Mm-hmm. And then Murphy also scored. I think yeah, that was like that was an ASM masterclass with yes, Alisson Maxim. Yeah, yeah, he he did really good to get out of the traffic and. put it in across for Wilson. Yeah. I also I mean uh, but there was a penalty decision in that game. Now was that an act so for those for those of you who watched it was that an actual penalty you think that was the right decision because I've heard arguments being made for both sides. There's some VAR thing right that says that soft mm-hmm. pen shouldn't be given this season or something. Oh yeah. by the way I I know I'm going back to that game but 
Ryan Sterling not getting those fouls is very cathartic, dude. Like he kept complaining like eight times in that game, and the refs didn't give him anything, and I loved it. Like I loved the hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, there's some VAR thing that uh, that says this season they can't give those soft pens. There's so, been a hard line of, uh, in terms of contact yeah. and yeah. I I so, honestly think this week the referee was brilliant. Like I really, as a as a fan who's been watching football for over 20 years now, love most. I think all the games this weekend, whichever ones I watched, there was. I loved it, dude. They were not whistling for every bloody tackle. Like, it's a fucking contact. I'm sorry. Sorry for cursing. It's a proper it's a contact con- sport. Yeah. It's a yeah. contact sport. Obviously, people are going to touch each other. They're going to fall. It's going to happen. I play football every week, every weekend. I play. And I know how it is. You cannot get the ball off the person without making slight contact. It happens. And it is frustrating every time the referee puts the whistle to his mouth just because... He slightly touched his leg and that guy went over. Man, it was so good watching it. It really felt like watching proper proper football. Like football back in the day when uh, when you, when you Kino and Vieira, when these guys were going in with tackles and mm-hmm. coming out. It, it really felt good. There were a lot of, like, the last 20 minutes of that game, was there were some heavy tackles flying in. It was good to watch. It's been a while. It was chaotic. Really chaotic game. Dude, honestly, I went for like a championship game. It felt like that, dude. Like, like <laughs> I went for like a Leeds championship game where everyone's just tackling and kicking the shit out of everybody. And this Newcastle <laughs> game felt like that. But, but didn't it feel good just watching it? Yeah, it did, I mean, it did, it did. But, like but I'm just like, how will... I mean, it's great, but I'm just like, how will a, a, a team without bench strength last with this kind of refereeing? Like, that's something you have to look at. Also, yeah, I mean, I, I want to talk about because I, I thought West Ham were really good yesterday. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're also, they, they're, they're turning out to be a very fun team to watch. They seem to have goal threats from midfield as well as they have a slightly uh, hamstrung striker in Antonio who can be amazing on his day or he can be complete ass, uh, as a lot of people found out. Um, now, I, I, with, with the European schedule, because they're in the Europa League, I, I, do you think they have as good a season as they did last year? I don't think so. I think, I West Ham, no. I think they'll be overplayed and I don't think they'll be able to last the complete season without squad rotation. Which I think they lack yeah. right now. I, I think nothing kills a team like Thursday Night Football, dude. Like, that is that's absolutely kills game. Yeah, and if you don't have Ben Stent, you're screwed. I just think that they have... I just think if a couple of more signings in the midfield area, maybe Lingard going back and maybe another player from maybe a lesser team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think they finish they finish in the top... They definitely finish in the top 10. I, I think they could again try to make that push Maybe for the conference league. Also, have you seen enough? Um, um, I'm sorry. Does anyone have any points to make? I, I want to talk about Newcastle for like a hot minute. Newca- mm-hmm. Newcastle. I mean, uh, about Steve Bruce especially. I think it's his 43rd season as player and manager involved at the top level. That's crazy. Uh, what's yeah, interesting wow. is the first thing he said in his uh, pre-match presser was like, "If I don't love it anymore, it's time to quit." Right? He still has uh-huh. that enthusiasm, and as you saw, if the strikers are firing, Newcastle are going to stay up. But it's. At some point, it's, they're going to go down. Is it going to be this season? On th- it's dependent on those two people. It's dependent on yeah. ASM and Wilson. If these two stop performing, they're, they're just going down. There's no two yeah. ways about it. 
Uh, I think I think I, from what I saw yesterday, I believe they have the firepower to stay up, but they have to keep the two strikers fit. Um, I, I think Alan Saint Maximan is is integral to what they do. Callum Wilson is also integral to what they do, and Ryan Fraser kind of needs to like get a grip with things and and try and rediscover some of his old form because they need it. And and I don't think they're getting any investment. It's been a very slow summer, given the fact that Ashley is desperately trying to sell the club. He doesn't want to put any money into it. Um, if they make it through the season, and if they and if the acquisition happens, I think it sh- this is their last chance, right? At um, uh, uh, at the acquisition, you get a, you get a one and done or something along those lines is what I I heard on that overlap podcast that Gary Neville, Keane, and Jamie Carragher did. So, so you can take over uh, only in one window. There can't be hmm. successive windows where you can take over a club. It has to be done over one summer or one. Okay. Window. So that's okay. how. So because of that, there's a struggle. So that's the whole uh, problem that is. I mean, it, the Premier League is not even approving it, right? And Newcastle is basically suing the Premier League and the FA at the same time to allow them to allow the Middle East guys to buy them. Why don't we segue into Arsenal and then we can talk about the three other? Are we talking? Are we talking about Arsenal? So as I mentioned to you at the top of this episode, we have a whole "Where will Arsenal finish?" segment for this uh, for this podcast for for every podcast for, for every podcast yeah, for every podcast. When they got pulled out to play Brentford, um, I, I was one of the few people that said, "You know what? This is a game they could lose," and not because of Arsenal's frailties, because Brentford are genuinely very good. Uh, they have they have one of one of their sporting directors is this dude called Bloom who invented. Some sort of a gambling uh, tool, which which basically uh, d- does predictions of uh, of odds or something along those lines, and it somehow found a fit in in the um, it somehow found a fit in football. So essentially, Brentford are money are the best example of a money ball team uh, in foot in in soccer, right? Or or football? I can't believe I said soccer. Oh my god! <laughs> so sorry. Anyway, you're <laughs> an American man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm in Bangalore. How can I be American? Honestly, this is not, yeah, you're not. You're not there yet. The best example is Mitchelland because mm-hmm. they made it to the Europa League's uh, quarterfinals mm-hmm. through the money. But uh, yeah, but but before all of that, uh, because our resident uh, our guest Arsenal fan, Vishnu, give us your thoughts on on what's happening because what is happening. Mind me if I go a little philosophical. Anyone who's read yeah, uh, Hornby's book, Fever Pitch, so uh, Pitch yes. he says, football has come to re- represent too much to me over the years, adverb at him. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if, I, if life's shit because Arsenal are shit or the other way around, right? It's been like that for the, <laughs> since we won the title in 2004 and it's continuing down that path, right? But if you look at parallels, just opposites between Arsenal and Brentford, right? So if you look at the interviews that the sporting director made. So, one of the points is a transfer doesn't happen unless a player goes through four approvals. The owner, two sporting directors, the manager and the backroom staff, right? And if you look at Arsenal, Edu's on holiday at the crunch mm-hmm. time of a transfer window. <laughs> yeah, Paul, what is that we about? Have, we, we, he's on holiday. I don't know what he's doing, but yeah. you can see the polar opposites of transfer strategy right there. Like, this is probably the the season I've been least enthusiastic over Arsenal season, but you know when the game comes around, the game comes around. But it's it's a shambles. Like it, it, I put it this way: um, you either have to have decent players 
and mm-hmm. a stellar manager to balance mm-hmm. the things or the other way around you can't be like arsenal where you throw in the youngsters and then they get berated after the 90 minutes and i don't blame them it's it, it, if it, it keeps going back to wenger right if you do a deep analysis he had similar profile of players but he was a once in a lifetime manager right but right now if you see we don't have a once in a lifetime manager or we don't have the players or a spine and spending 50 million on ben white right it's all over the place like i actually i'm not surprised arsenal lost to brentford powerful team they came with a game plan perfect mm-hmm. perfect from brentford can i can i ask you a question uh do you think arteta is the right man for this job i mean i just let's say let's say if you think he's the right man for the job because the reason i'm asking you is because if arsenal have to shell out the kind of money that they're going to have to shell out to rebuild that squad would is is it does it make it their uh, worth their while to shell out a lot of money because they believe in arteta do you believe in arteta i i think my answer is summed it up like he's not a top manager like if you look at even let's say other premier league clubs when let's say after ferguson left they tried to get in was the first thing they did they got an experienced manager just to show shore up things at the club just to create an identity just to keep things stable for a bit and then whatever happened after that happened but arsenal stat there is no strategy there is no game plan there is no philosophy like we we arsenal fans most of them keep living in the past or when got it this when got it that that's gone like no one in the, like you said in the overlap like no one has a divine right to win anything but we still think <coughs> we are arsenal and we want we deserve to win but it's it's not like that in sport and in life right it's you you got to yeah. have a game plan you got to be prepared you got to have a good pre-season have a game plan in place but you don't expect to win at even brentford without any of these things happening see so uh, ajay uh, so, so ajay shetty is saying arteta needs time do you agree with him it's we live in the modern world like we we are not in the 90s when uh, you know let's say george graham was given time or let's say a couple of other managers okay. were given time we live in 2021 like there's no time right in the current age results is equal to money when i started foot- when i could truly understand football arsenal were at the bloody top like i'm a united fan but when i actually could understand really properly like when i was 13 14 years old that's when arsenal were winning they were that was the invincible season then they won the yeah but that's what i said if you look at the paddles you had david but Keenan, look at the, you but had wenger in, all, you look at you but, look at no, no, their transfer strategy just wasn't placed they had profile, they had a, their profile their profile was hmm. completely different right wenger had these powerful midfielder he had petit he had viera he had a few guile players he had perez he had lumberg and he had your your classic center forwards and he had uh, in burkamp and andri for whatever reason he switched to more technically gifted players he switched to a midfield of uh, casola and what's his name uh, fabregas right? fabregas no. and and mm-hmm. then he got in rosiski then he got in kleb uh, uh, nasri and then nasri he completely changed the profile of a club from being a powerful club with real men like viera sol campbell mm-hmm. petty uh Ashley Cole all these guys who were proper proper But players honestly said wasn't that wasn't that hmm no, sorry look at the stadium you look at you look at what type mm. of financial arsenal days away from being a leeds united literally that is the reality yeah. of arsenal mm. football club they were days I, away from going true. back and i don't realize that, that because mm-hmm. trust me i i grew up 
At one point, I respected Arsenal as a football club. And I, trust me, I have massive respect for Arsene Wenger, right? And it's just, like, whenever I say top six, obviously Arsenal is included in the top six. I don't hate any club. Maybe maybe Liverpool to a small extent, but that's just because I'm a United fan. But apart from that, like, I just want to understand, like, because, look, even as a United fan, we haven't won anything for almost 10 years now. And by anything, I mean the league. And... <laughs> I think this is the closest we're coming to at least challenge for the title, apart from that one small Mourinho season. And we also went from manager to manager to manager. But now they've actually given Ole some time, some money and some and another contract this year saying, OK, we'll give you another three years. No, that, but, wait, uh, that's all fine. But, I, no, but, but right I, now... What the... I'm trying to say was, no, he said experienced manager. Ole was not an experienced hmm. manager. He's got relegated... My point was that once Wenger left, like a long-term manager like SAF, right? You got to show yeah. things up. You, you went for a mm. Unai, you know, who statistically is never going to finish in the top four. He's never finished in the top uh. four, has he? He statistically I mean, never one, finished one, in the top season, four. One season? Maybe one season. He's a yeah. cup guy. Mm. He's a, he's a mm. cup run. He's a Europa yeah. League specialist. That's all well and good. Mm. It's all, that's Arsenal mm. in the 90s and under George Graham, apart from the 89-91 uh, win. We were a cup team. Right, Una Emery is a cup cup manager. Bottom line, we needed to get someone who has experience of managing a club like ours, knows how to just settle things for two or three years, and then you get in Ole. Like Ole is not a result of a, a quick fix. He's a result no, he's of not. United first recruiting certain players. And why do you think Ole is so successful? Because he's got players around him. That's why I said you either have decent mm-hmm. players around or you have a great manager in place. But Arsenal, mm-hmm. you don't have both. Right, that's the bottom line. Recruitment has to be right. I completely agree with you on that. Because at Moyes, oh, let's not get the Moyes. The first year, that was a shit show for transfer window. Then we got rid of him, got in Van Gaal, got in Van Gaal players. Half of them turned out to be duds. Sent him out, got in Mourinho, got in Mourinho-style players. You're, you're tall, big, just can defend and hit the ball. Got rid of them. But I, I, I think recruitment has been the one thing that... Oh, sort of well because he's got rid of most of the dead wood and he's gotten players that he can sort of trust and to deliver. And like you said, I think it's either manager or players. And in this case, Ole has had a pretty decent set of players to help him. I think Bruno, I think Bruno has been a standout for Ole. And I don't know if I don't know if Odegaard is coming. I don't know whether he comes or not. But if he does, I think he could be that player. I'll give you another parallel, right? So, if you look mm-hmm. at Nuno, right, at Wolves, he's always been uh, on knocking on the door for top six, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But he never had that squad to really get him over the line. Now, at Spurs, he's got that two or three, maybe four good players, like world-class players, Champions League finalists, you know, little bit that he can work with. And I won't be surprised if he finishes top seven, depending on how the other sides do. It's, it's like that. He's finishing like, top six whether Kane stays or not. Let's not... Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll still go with a game plan. We know how he's going to turn mm. up week in, week out. With me, I'm sitting here putting the telly on every week and I don't know who's going to play where. And suddenly he says, my players are ill. No, they're not ill. I'm trying to get them because you all put them on 350k a week and only the likes of a couple of clubs can buy them. Like, they were not ill. Like, that's any experienced man will tell you. Like, they just they just had other matters to deal with for the weekend. I don't know what state of mind they're going to be in once they come back. So, um, I'm, I'm going to like... Bournemouth's ex-manager's name? I forget. Uh, Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Do you think he would Eddie be a good fit at Arsenal? 
Not right now. No. Not right now. Uh, okay, so I have a, a point to make. So there's, there's Dan Carlin, who is like an American author and podcast guy. He has a, a, a podcast series called uh, Blueprint Farmageddon, which is basically how the first world war began, right? That's kind of, uh, this is something I've discovered very recently. And when the guys did what they, like when Gavrilo Princip, that Serbian guy, went and shot the Archduke of, of Austria-Hungary, he had no clue he was setting into motion like the first world war. So if you take that into football in context, this is what Arsenal technically right right now have. And I'm sorry, this may be a little extreme, but this is basically a blueprint for relegation in five to six years. This is the exact path Newcastle United went down, if not like scarily accurate. Because, I mean, they, they aren't, they went from uh, being entertainers because uh, from, the, from the Wenger area, then they became the great entertainers under um, when he eventually switched playing styles. Now, we're in a situation um, where last season there was a joke running around when I think remember when when they had that horrid run between November they beat United at Old Trafford and then went this horrid run to the Chelsea game. And everyone was joking around saying oh they're going to get relegated they're going to get relegated. If things stay the same if the recruitment is more or less the same if they continue to employ people from the top to the bottom by which I mean the executives are starting with Josh Kroenke who I think is running things at, at Arsenal. To the uh, to to the director of football who is criminally on, on holiday during the crunch time of the season, and with no funds being made um, available for for any sort of transfer window uh, activity, there isn't going to be. You've started to notice the caliber of player Arsenal, Arsenal are starting to attract. If they, if they are spunking fifty million on Ben White, who is right now their biggest transfer of the season. Uh, Lokonga, who, who I think who I, thought, I thought was very good uh, against Brentford. I, see, when I saw the Arsenal team, I said, you know what, whatever happens today, this will be fun. Because this is a fresh, young team. You have Balogun, who I rate. You have... Um, Balogun had a good game as well, personally. Uh, Martinelli, I think he's just come back from the Olympics, so he's not, as, he's not quite up to it. Even though Richarlison also did come back and scored. But... It's just that now you're in, you're in a time with... You're, you're at this weird time with the manager who has lost faith in his own uh, playing style. Because right now, it's like, okay, we're not going to let the other team concede. When he first came in, it was like, okay, we're going three at the back. We'll, we'll soak up Peugeot. Like, he built him up almost to be like a mini Atletico Madrid from what, from what, I, what I know. Um, and now, it's just, he's so scared to do things because it's very evident he's out of his depth. He is not, he has fallen out with, with two of the, his main strikers. One, Aubameyang, I honestly, when they gave him that new contract, I was of the opinion, and I still maintain that opinion, he should have been he should have been sold then. Because one, he was pushing 30. You put him on high wages, nobody's going to buy uh, a 32-year-old uh, striker. And it basically shafts anyone coming through or giving yourself and uh, moving him on also becomes, a, I mean, a, a massive issue, right? With regards to Arsenal, they find themselves in the perfect storm. <laughs> Where everything could go bad because the next three, next two fixtures are not very pretty either. They will win one of those two because it's just Arsenal and, and that's and that's what they do. They, I don't think the, the Chelsea game is the result, but I think the the City game is the result because City are quite not did, quite up they, there. They did a double not against quite, Chelsea. They did a double against yeah. I know, but you have Chelsea with Lukaku up front next game, and he has a point to prove, and it's going to be. Uh, uh, I mean, even though Lukaku is notoriously bad in big games, I feel he has, he will show up in that game this weekend. 
I think the time this this obviously can't continue much longer, uh, and they need somebody who's uh, the perfect manager for this situation has has gone to Everton. Uh, I thought Benitez would have come on defensively; they would have made you would have made them a little uh, a little bit uh, stubborn. He would have pulled them to a sixth or a seventh place finish, a step to the a step on the road to recovery because. Um, what they currently have right now is not good enough. What I saw on on Friday against Brentford is not good enough. Vishnu, go on. Okay, uh, let me let me ask Vishnu some questions, mm-hmm. uh, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, okay, let's let's go. Like, uh, okay, transfer wise, are, are you happy with your transfer window? That's it's less than a five. I mean, uh, big money doesn't mean uh, <laughs> players performing on the pitch, right? But uh, I okay. think one of the biggest. I mean, they're not that bad, I guess. But yeah. No, but the biggest positive for me was Lokonga in the middle of the park. Like he was, mm-hmm. uh, even though we lost, he was great on the ball, did well in the tight spaces, brought the ball out well. He has that good. He switches wings really neatly. You know, he reminds me of like a Yaya-esque, maybe a poor man's Yaya-esque player. Mm-hmm. Like he's got those long legs, long strides. But the problem again mm-hmm. is you need to have players around. Like you need to have. Players who can grab the young guys by the neck and say, "This is we are in the real game here." Like, there's no one to do that, right? There's no one to do that. You need to get in. In terms of transfers, get like I understand getting like let's say even a David Luiz who left, but he in the big games he was the actually the guy. Even though everyone might make fun of him on social media and stuff like that, but he was the guy who caught everyone's neck and said, "This is a game, boys. Like, this is no joke. We're in the crunch game Premier League. Like, this is not we're not playing Sunday League here." You need to get better quality, experienced players, I guess. Yeah, I think like Luis had those leadership kind of roles that he would play, like he he would direct a defense around and stuff. You don't have yeah. anybody like that right now. And the biggest yeah. reason we got Ben White is because he's similar mold, right? You give him two two three mm. yards, he pings that long ball in. He pings that long ball in. When there's a run, he pings it. He pings it. But again, if you look at the biggest weakness he had in the game against Bradford, he can't hit the ball in certain angles. And the ball's behind him and he's on the blind side. That's when he's the weakest. If you just mm-hmm. put Ben White highlights against Brentford, blind side, mm-hmm. he can't hit it. Chelsea are just going to come. Lukaku, blind side. I won't be surprised <laughs> if he scores a couple of headers mm-hmm. in the weekend. Like. Okay. In terms uh, of the team, like, uh, I mean, what happened to your forwards? Like, like Oba and Lacazette, like, uh, I, don't know, I, I saw some reports uh, after the game saying uh, Kuman is in for the pair of them because they they only left with Brathwaite who scored I think on the weekend his first goal in God knows how long for Barcelona but uh, see PK has taken a big uh, wage cut so Barcelona in they're going for the kill they've got Depay in uh, look what like exactly what Kuman's doing like you have an experienced manager there you have PK mm. who's like a, a semi-assistant manager even though they've lost the greatest player of all time you, you see there's some shape there there's something brewing. Kuman's, you know, is an established player in the past as well. He's no joke. Like he's got tons and tons mm-hmm. of experience. That's what I mean for Arsenal. Like you need even let's say a Kuman, even let's say let's say a Martinez. Like even he has more experience than Arteta. Best case scenario, where do you see Arsenal finishing? Best case. Top half. Two eighth place finishes. Realistically, top half. Is he going to do any better? Um, he's gone to. Decent cup runs, made the semi-final last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he has the result show for themselves. So, I think he's a cup manager. He's, he's The results show that he's a cup manager. That's why I said earlier, he's he's like, he's the 90s Arsenal, you know? Go on cup runs. 
but is that really what we want to be like since we I mean it's a start it. right it's a start win something like, first like yeah but they won i mean they did yeah. he, he won as a manager he won the fa cup as a manager let's yeah okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay and then worst case where do you see you guys like finishing worst case is like uh, maybe 10 to 13th worst case if it all okay. goes downhill hey, uh i i one last question uh vishnu what i mean let's assume oba and laka have gone to barcelona let's just assume that for now and let's say there are no more new si- signings coming in what what would your ideal 11 be and what formation would you play them in firstly i don't think they leave because there's not enough time to get in replacements and i don't think oh yeah let's let's assume bar- one of the two teams one of the i'll two tell you the main reason why i'll tell you the main reason why because firstly even though everyone's taking pay cuts at barcelona according to the la liga in uh, uh what they put down in terms of the super league uh, rules and stuff like that against barcelona they can't afford the the pair of them they can't they might afford i won't be surprised if lacazette goes right but okay. La- i would prefer mm-hmm. obamyang goes and lacazette stays because lacazette is in bright in preseason like if you watch his preseason performances he's not scored but he's he's had decent games link up he's good at the link up play like spurs spurs game last season was a great example like he scored that lucky goal but his main thing is come in not too deep link up the play make those runs into the box and then you have gabby on the left you know putting those balls in and he cuts in so i would i would see like pepe for the team that you ask pepe on the right um laka if oba leaves in the center martinelli on the left then you've got leno another concern with uh, leno is there's no uh, second keeper in place that's the biggest concern leno gets injured boom we're down to our fourth choice uh we're apparently beating ramsdale but uh, any team ramsdale's played for has got relegated so he's got relegated yeah no this is not what happened this is bad juju situation we're in right but, uh, but he's then, been a, he's been he's been played well like for Sheffield even though they've been relegated. Yeah, we tried our hand. We no, don't want him. You know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. So, as as I said, actually a good point. What about Saka? Where does he play? Yeah, so um, Saka can play anywhere. He can play anywhere across the front three, right? He, But does he, he not start play. for you? Does he not start for you? Of course he, he does. He starts. So so you've got you've yeah. got options there between Saka and Smith-Rowe depending on which type of game you're playing in. But if you start from the back, it's going to be Leno. um gabriel is a big miss because i think he's injured so the ideal back four uh, back five would be leno uh, tierney gabriel ben white and uh, you've got uh, who else to get the other back uh chambers chambers yeah get and chambers is yeah. below average he turns up he doesn't turn up he's, he's, he you don't know what he's going to do every game with no consistency there and what i think part is injured so lokonga in the middle of the park till part comes back in and then you've got uh, smithro saka and then you've got the front depending on which game you're playing you f- you flip it around but i think they should go go back to a back 3 i think i think with the type yeah, of players right. you have go who's back right? to a back 3 and take those who's risks right wing back who's your right wing back saka bellerin no Bellerin. saka plays left wing back saka play left left wing back most probably i think mm. so then tierney mm. plays right no tierney has... plays the third game Yeah, he plays in the three, right? Is what I know. He plays so in, in the three. White, yeah. He played left back. Play Tierney White and Chambers. Who do you play? Tierney White. Gabriel, and, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel. And then hmm. your right wing back is Bellerin. So that's your hmm. five. No, no Bellerin there. I think Saka plays maybe there, or it depends. Hmm. 
So your three in midfield would be because Saka can play anywhere, right? Left, left, right, center. Mm. He's 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 good for all positions. That's that's why so Leon loves you. You don't play your club captain. That's assuming if he leaves. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm and then you've got Jaka, obviously, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, they gave they gave Jaka. Uh, he's back. Uh, he's club captain again. Obumiang is not a captain anymore. I, I I never understood that Jaka thing where I think they were trying to sell him. Uh, and then he, he was, was, was getting sold, so they gave him another contract. Yeah, yeah. They gave him a contract with higher wages. So it was like I, I was making this point earlier about Jaka, right? Like if you watch the Euros mm-hmm. and he and with Switzerland, he was that penalty shootout that they won, right? You see, he yeah. was barking orders. He was there in the middle of the huddle, telling. He was like there. He knew taking yeah. control of the situation right there and then. He showed his personality when it was needed. I don't understand why he doesn't do it in the red and white. But no yeah. Coke cola. That's the only. That's the only thing I can fathom. There was there were no bottles of Coke lying around, which he was like gulping in one <laughs> shot. But we have a player who plays for his international team, but does not show up for his club team. Okay. No, I think that's a good. That's that's, that's I, a good I, I way to for the, first, for the first game of the week. Okay, but how, how many games for Arteta out? How many game losses for Arteta out? With me, I I give every manager half the season. Nineteen games hmm. is what you got. I know after the 19 game is a busy fixture list, but you've got to give a, any manager like half a season. Mm-hmm. Even after okay. all the time he's had. So, anyway, okay, uh, speaking, I mean, for the interest of time, let's move on to another, another set of American owners. Uh, Man United played Leeds earlier this weekend. Yeah, uh, I was out for the weekend, so I, I didn't quite catch it, but my notifications were popping up. Yeah, same here. I expected the game uh, to have been... A tight one. What I saw at the end of that game was was insane, and but also not entirely surprising because once and I, and Leeds do this. Leeds Leeds are a very exciting team to watch. They are um, super fun. They they will keep going to the very end. All all that jazz. They are also the best team for you for Manchester United to play because <laughs> they are they play exactly into their strengths, which is. They get caught in the transition and they get absolutely belted on the counter-attack. Um, I don't think... I think at this point, United haven't really had a great season, by which I mean Man United haven't had a great preseason. But a few of the players still coming back. I thought Leeds would probably be the more fitter of the, of the two. Mm. But um, from what I saw of the game, and I, and I watched the game back, the amount of space, I think Robin Cock, who... Uh, Leeds, uh, who stood, who took uh, Captain Phillips' place in, in the starting lineup, was at fault for several of the goals because he completely left Pogba to do his own thing in the center of the pitch or on the left-hand side of the, uh, of the pitch. So as Pogba got the ball, quick release, go, quick release, go. Bruno, uh, my favorite goal of the, of the game, the Greenwood goal, which was beautiful. Yeah. Um, as the pa- as wonderful as the pass was, the finish from that angle. If there's one person in the world you bet to like who would make that shot, uh, make that make that shot, it's, it's him. Uh, and then when Fred got in on the act, you knew that these guys had, had probably given up. And a great start to the season, uh, I would say it, it flatters United because it's Leeds being Leeds. Uh, we don't really know how they are against uh, even I wouldn't say Southampton either because Southampton are more or less uh, of the same breed. Maybe when we re- uh, when United reach a team that pushes that puts itself into a low block, that's when we'll we'll see uh, as to how much the team has really improved. 
but obviously great if you're united fan bruno hattrick four assists yeah. from paul pogba fred scoring greenwood scoring it can't really get better than that to start a season off and also yeah to to, to cap it all off rather to like to set things in motion you bring on rafael varan announce him before the game bring him on to the pitch or uh, to 75 to a full stadium for the first time uh, fans are back in back at old trafford after like 18 months um you he then he then gets to go see rio ferdinand his idol growing up as a child uh, who's on the touch lines doing work for bt he he'll probably be walking on air for the next couple of days that's a wonder like i as 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 an as a spectator was so uh, happy with what i was seeing um but yeah good start i i love opinions as to what you think thought of the game and where what this could possibly mean for united what does this mean they have they can mount a real challenge i don't think they will this season anyway but uh, do you think they um uh, uh, opinions let's get let's yeah, get sure. the ball rolling on this so i start i watched really the first half as i was out for the weekend as well um but after seeing the first half i thought maybe we'll just be able to like just creep through a victory and maybe like just a one nil going into the half that's that's it but my notifications kept popping up goal 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 and I was so happy mm-hmm. to see that and uh, mm-hmm. and i think i alluded this for my fpl point of view as well that there might be a repeat of last season 6-1 and we pretty much did see that happen right mm-hmm. yeah kind of yeah, same for goal difference last yeah. season was 6-2 but honestly I, i i don't know for the life of me i really thought like it i don't know why i didn't captain bruno but it didn't really matter at the end of the day because leeds are such a inviting fixture for united only because of the way they set up i mean they just set up to play one on one all across the park there's no way there's at no times just lead leads block on any player the one on one through the entirety of defense and midfield which plays so perfectly into united united's hands and into united's hand and the fact that cock was just so out of position and the funny part was i know they started uh they started as a 4231 with pogba playing left but at 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 one point in the game pogba came into midfield greenwood went out and bruno was playing as a false nine because i watched the game in entirety and mm-hmm. when bruno started mm-hmm. playing that false nine that's when united scored those uh those those goals because greenwood was out on the left dan james was doing his thing on the right and mm-hmm. he just dropped into the false nine so at that point cock didn't know what to do he he kept leaving them to his center backs the center backs kept leaving them to cock and that's when he got his uh that's when greenwood got his goal from the from that beautiful ball from pogba and then mm-hmm. the the long ball from uh, lindelof that he again ran off cock and ran off the center back and then mm-hmm. after that at that point i think at 4-1 leads had given up and then fred just showed up uh, at at the party Uh, and and i think the the last point to add to that i think sancho making his premier league debut uh, yeah that, that was a quite a special moment that, for him yeah that was a nice and for, for any of our, any of the fans as well surprising thing about sancho he grew up as a blue but he made his premier league re- debut as on the red side of manchester yeah and there that funny poster um, in response to when tevez moved to the blue side 
And so mm-hmm. the same thing with Sancho at the same place, I think that, that was quite funny. Yeah. But I guess it didn't have oh, they did an impact yet. Oh, they, yeah, uh, uh, they did? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah. It was quite funny. Yeah. Hmm. No, okay. But I got a quick question. In terms mm-hmm. of, see, the key thing with United last season was the stellar away record, right? Yeah. It drove yeah. the season which surprised everyone. Like, which surprised mm-hmm. most ardent of United fans, right? Now, yeah, the crowd yeah. coming back, I want to know from United fans whether it's going to be the same or if the crowd is going to have, like, big changes. Because we saw it, like, I thought the biggest factor in the opening weekend was the return of the crowds. Like, that atmosphere at Spurs yeah. was just electric when they came out in that stadium. Yeah. First day of the season, buzzing. Yeah. Like, I think, I personally think it's going to have an effect on United's think, away form. I think, Vishnu, I think this season, I think it switches back. And by to how it used to I, be. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it yeah. goes back to home advantage becomes a really big thing. And yeah, Stratford and I mean is the biggest like you I, got I, the fights saying, happening before the Leeds game. Mm-hmm. You got that that killer instinct I, coming back from the United but, fans. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying I'm not even saying the United. I'm just saying through, I'm saying throughout the board, the board, like yeah. across the board. I just think that mm-hmm. it's going to be home advantage is now going to be a thing. And yes. I don't see United going on this unbeaten away run. I don't see them. But that's why I asked, like, because that, I think that was key last season for but how, yeah, also our home form how far pathetic. they went in terms of but challenging. Our, but also our home form was pathetic last season. Let's not, let's not. Like you have to change the color of the holdings and all, all those excuses were going on. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure. Players could all, 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 yeah. 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 I was, I was shit, all, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I, think the, I think the story flips this season. I think this season will be really good at home. I'm not saying we'll go undefeated. Maybe we'll lose an odd match here or there. But I think this season, I, I think 19 games at home, we probably win 17 Maybe lose one, draw one, something like that. And I think our home form is probably going to help us. I'm not saying win the title, but we'll be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. And that will be at the back of the home form, not the away form. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, definitely. The crowd back and Ole's away record mm. at, at stake. Like, it's going to be interesting to see I, if we can carry that momentum. Away. I, I want to hear Abhin's uh, reverse psychology thoughts on this. On what? On the on, away on form? The, yeah. Or the, or the home form for the season? No, I mean, honestly, the away form is not going to sustain. One, because it is unsustainable. You can't possibly have an away form where you, they're going to lose a game on the road at some point. Yeah. Is, you make your peace with it. Um, why, dude? Why have one fortress when you can have, whatever, 17? 19, 19 Yeah. Yeah, but it's also... See, United don't go... I mean, I prime example was Sheffield United two years ago, where they were two 0 down. They came, brought it back to three, two nil, two two two. Then they went three two. Then the home crowd got up for it, and then they conceded in the ninety fourth minute. I don't see it happening as much because they have, if they play Varane instead of Lindelof, that automatically uh, takes care of itself. I think defensively they will be better this season. I think Wambasaka is going to is getting better. Uh, I think Diego Dallo is. Inclusion, or rather, the fact that he stayed will, will help that defense because it gives you an option of a more attacking fullback as opposed to a more defensive fullback. I mean, Dalo is maybe not as good defensively, but attacking wise, he's yeah. much better than uh, than Juan Bissaka. What I see United getting found out a little bit is again the striker department because one, I don't trust Tony Martial anymore. I did for a while, and then it's just 
gone to a point where make a break season if you do it this season well and good if you don't uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out because it's 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 about time you how much longer can you keep pushing uh, the narrative that he's going to come good blessing in disguise is over the rashford injury yeah basically because that kind yeah. of gave a new lease yeah. of life I, i think actively the club have been trying to push him out i think the rashford injury was the one thing that kept him in the club and if they would have tried to raise funds for a for a new striker if if he'd gone Cavani uh, I really enjoy but he's not going to stay fit for the entire season he's 34 love his movement I would love a younger version of that player to be yeah. perfectly honest I think mm-hmm. if you had someone in the 25 26 year old bracket who was like uh, Edison Cavani I would bite your hand off for, for a player like that but I don't think that player exists there is a player in Erling Haaland who you can get for 75 million next year uh, it will be interesting to see how that works out given the current if that is if harry kane goes to city if harry kane goes to city then the dominoes will all fall in place for the haaland transfer to united um this is a very interesting team here but i don't think they have enough to challenge for the title because of two positions one the number 6 which uh, which, which which keeps forcing us to play fred and mctominay fred and mctominay work in games where teams attack you which is your leeds your man city expect fred to have a blazing a uh, game against oh, city this I, season he always comes back through for the bigger I, I i know you guys didn't watch the game i watched the game i thought mctominay was a beast this uh, yeah i think he's a good he's a good cdm honestly honestly you know what cdm i think yeah. with 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 mctominay sitting and you let fred i mean you let um, not fred sorry you let bruno and pogba just play and you you get an out and out striker But, but McTominay can't play the six by himself. He needs the. He needs. Trust a, me. Trust me. I think he can. It's just that I don't know if Ole has enough faith. Dude. Yeah. In, mm. in McTominay. I I actually think McFred will work. I think McFred work. Yes, it works. But McFred is not going to win you the league. Let's let's face yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So so, so 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 what I think is United are the team that will keep Man City and Chelsea on their heels. Like if one of those two guys slip up, United comes up either first. I mean, maybe not first, but at least second. Uh, yeah, I think, I think in this keep those two honest the entire season. That's it. Yeah, there's the guys who keep them in check. I think yeah. this season, if Ole doesn't do substitutions, no, then he shouldn't be a manager. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last season I know you guys didn't have bench strength. Like that poor guy Bruno played every game, and if you had to take him off, you had like who? Mata or someone, right? Not yeah, really feeling, yeah, or Van de Beek, uh, who's not really feeling the same. From, yeah. But now you have Sancho. It'll be interesting to see once Rashford comes back. What do they do? Like, where do they play? Uh, Sancho plays on the right. He played. He played right for Dortmund as well. Because Roy okay. is playing on the left. Yeah. Uh, so, it'll, it'll, you, but my, but but my, you're right. It, but, but my right my by my calculation, he's probably going to play. For whatever reason, he's going to play McFred. It's like a symbiotic partnership. It's like one can't live without the other. God knows what. The yeah, yeah. That's a Voldemort Harry Potter nonsense. Neither can yeah, live I, I, the service. I think <laughs> next season for sure, Pogba goes. Like Pogba is yeah. not going to sign again. Hundred percent, like on a free. Yeah, I, I bet my money on it. Yeah. Like he goes. He's been subtly hinting through his brother, his manager for like what four years now. <laughs> I want to go. I Honestly, want to go. I want to go. <laughs> Another quick point. Like uh, I think there's been consistency here where you say that United are not challenging this season serious challengers, mm-hmm. but 
like we were talking about the OLAP uh, a while back, right? With uh, Roy yeah. King, Yai Neville, and Roy King, yeah. Right? And Carragher yeah. made a very interesting point with the two United counterparts sitting next to him. He said that United cannot complain about not spending money because they have probably spent big money on every position like City have. No, so yeah. the 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 thing again with United is the question is is Ole going to get you over the line? Which in heart of hearts he's mm-hmm. probably not. Uh, honestly, I think uh, uh, Vishnu, one just one point. He's been to what four semi-finals and one finals, or is it five semi-finals and one final? Something I think four semis yeah. and one final. I think four, four semis and one semis and, yeah. and a final, right? He's he's been a he's been an eternal bridesmaid, but a part of that is because he didn't have key players in key positions. Let's not kid ourselves. Our team was not built. Okay, the Villa, the Villarreal game was shit. Let's just. Yeah, let's. I agree with you. I agree with you when when you said you don't have key players, but in terms at of key positions, like now that we have Sancho and Varane, that cannot be any more excuses. In no, the, this is this is this is, this is, the, is one excuse I, would, the park. I see. This is the season he has to win something. So I mean, I think enough. Win. Whether it be a league cup, FA Cup, whatever it is, he has to win something this season. I don't expect. I don't expect this to be a league win because the best, ultimately, the best team wins the league, right? Like, as in, so yeah. overall team I, game. Yeah. I don't expect uh, him to win the league. Neither do I expect him to win the Champions League. But he has to win one of the two cups. He has to. There's no excuses. Like, he can't just go on a cup run and say, I reached the, another finals and I lost to City. There's, yeah. no, there's, there's no more excuses. Okay, fine. He doesn't have a CDM. But against City, all you need is a McFred. And those two... They show up against City. Well, why is Van Der Beek not in the conversation with the United fans, right? He's, he's been a quality player and I feel like... Honestly, I'll, I'll tell you what. I've watched him play. Whenever he's got a chance, he's been pretty pretty awful. Underwhelming. Yeah. He's been yeah. very... I, I just... I mean, thought, I, I, but how for often, me, that like, swung... I, that I swung that, that, that point. Often. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, how often did Van Der Beek? He, he didn't start at all, but how often look, did he, he play with McTominay? Because I feel like if he plays with McTominay, you, in terms of balance in that midfield, is much better compared to Fred. Just in no, terms the thing of quality, is he, I feel. So what Fred does and what Van Der, Van Der Beek for his bad luck is a direct replacement for Fernandez. So he does what Bruno is doing. Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. for him, Bruno is doing things. The way Bruno's doing things, yeah. like, I, okay. like I, I'll talk to you about from an FPL perspective. I didn't have Bruno in this in the squad because I, I United, United are switching to a four-three-three this season, which meant Sancho on the uh, on the right, right. and yeah. Bruno playing a little deeper. He scored a hat trick opening day. That's just like it, it is the anomaly that continues to exist because he's just he's just high percent, he's just uh, high volume shots. He's always taking chances, and Van de Beek yeah. is a little more. He comes from the Ajax school of thought, but he moved things around a little more. He's like, the thing with Van Der Beek, it's he has these intricate passes. You know that one-touch football. Let let me get the ball. Let me just one-touch pass it to the closest guy I see. Right? You can't do that, especially not in the Premier League. It has to be a lot faster, a lot quicker. He moves the ball sideways and backwards. There's no forward passes with Van Der Beek. With Bruno, it's completely different. He's always looking at the runner. He's always looking forward. Whether it be deep in the midfield or it be number 10, whatever he's playing, he's looking forward, he's looking towards the goal. And I think that 
that is one thing that I noticed from Van der Beek that just doesn't cut it at United. I mean, but I just hope okay, um, say like he just gets mm-hmm. more chances this season because I, I I just like to see players like him play, you know, not wa- be wasted. Yeah, yeah like, I, I completely yeah, agree. Be, like he needs yeah, to be given a fair chance yeah. at least at the club, you know. Because Look, like, you yeah. know what? If, if but, Pogba if Pogba leaves, I think he takes Pogba's place, plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see that, but uh, that's a discussion. That's another question. So, I mean, no one's, no yeah, one's got yeah. that. Is Pogba going to be in this this transfer window? I I don't. He's not. He's not leaving now. I don't. Nobody's going to pay the wage. No one's going to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but I think we leave that for another day because in the interest of time, we're an hour and thirty minutes in. So let's quickly look to the, wrap this up. I want to spend some time on Chelsea because they look pretty formidable on this weekend. Uh, a great goal by Trevor Chalaba. It was lovely to see because you could tell he was overcome by emotion when he scored it. Marcus Alonso. <laughs> 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 Dude, Marcus Alonso just pulls that shit out of his ass randomly. Okay, it's the only way to put it. Bro, listen, Dodge. Whenever he started, he's either scored or assisted. I think, I think he is somebody who gets stick for no, no, no. Of course, of course. I'm saying this, this, this random free kick goal. He just pulls it out of his ass. <laughs> Even I was just like, how did he score that one? But do you think he's got he's, he's got that? extra pressure now because of chillers in the team like I feel like his he's always constantly going to be like if yeah. I don't play well in one game I'm off because the options on yeah. the bench like the squad yeah, is dude. that good chill well and, and Euro winner Emerson in the team dude same same spot <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's a lot of pressure on you yeah. uh, wait you have three left backs in your club yeah, we've been yeah. trying to get rid of him, dude. Have you seen our bench? Uh, there's some 43 people on it, dude. Don't ask me, <laughs> dude. David Zappa Costa is still on our team sheet. Okay. Are you serious? Really? Wait, what? Wow. I thought he's what yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, there was okay, dude. Victor Moses was there till last year, like all this content mm. era guys, and all was still there. Uh, mm. I, I don't know, like, we just loaned them all out to Conte because. Yeah. Italy never buys players. They just be like mm-hmm. loan deal with but option to buy. That's just Italy's thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we look pretty good this season. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I think we can. I, I think we definitely challenge for the title. But maybe I should start using Abin's reverse psychology. I know Tusha yeah, is doing yeah. that. He's just like, yeah, top four is fine. Top four is fine. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> don't don't say title and all yet. All this. One Champions League last season, just chill, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel Chelsea win the title. I just feel they have the, the most complete team. They have one of the best strikers so, in the league coming through. So, so Lukaku firing is, is very important. It's very vital. Do you think Lukaku mm-hmm. has an RBP season? Yeah, I think he does. I, I don't know what yeah. season he has. Uh, like, I don't know which Lukaku comes. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if you, if you the, the, the United team. Lukaku comes is crude. Listen, listen, Italian Lukaku comes me, yeah. listen, let me tell you one thing. In the United Lukaku in the first season killed it. Believe it or not, I think he scored 22 yeah. or 23. Or, yeah, he had 23, 23 goals. 23 oh, goals, yeah. He scored 23 goals. So, don't write him off. Like, he had, he really had a good season with United. The problem was when he went to Belgium, he put on weight for whatever reason. Like, uh, Roberto Martinez asked him to Yeah, that. Mm, no, no, I think he was hanging out with this Hazard dude. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he came back to play as a target man, which is not his style of football. It's really weird. Yeah, that's not, I, 
Mm. I don't know what he was trying to do there. Like, but anyway, Conte he moved went moved went to Italy. Conte quickly like said, "What the hell are you doing?" Uh, the dietitians also were like, "What the hell are you doing?" Uh, they put him on a diet. He cut all that weight. He became this, the lean machine that he is now, which is why I feel he's he's more of a threat. And I and I think defenders like like starting with the Arsenal game. If Ben if he catches Ben White on on the blind side, oh, it's not going to be a, a pretty watch. Um, but okay, I we lost my we lost my FPL already. Didn't have to wait. For <laughs> ben <FPL. laughs> oh, okay. So that's a beautiful point to make because we'll quickly look at our yeah. FPL teams. Uh, Vishnu, you're the guest. Take us off. How's it going? Uh, I went with a different strategy because, as I said, I'd, I've only played it once and I'm not okay. an FPL guy. Like, as you've seen from my conversation also today with you guys, I'm more like, mm-hmm. like football is mm-hmm. different when you're not playing FPL. Like, the way you yeah. follow it yeah. and the way you want results to go. Like, FPL just yeah. sometimes just ruins that moment sometimes, you know, because you're like, mm-hmm. damn, like, in the back mm-hmm. of your head, you're like, man. That was a good good one, but the FPL screwed this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I went with two million in the bank mm-hmm. as balance, only because okay. I want to see when Lukaku is going to come in and Smart move, yeah. what happens with Kane. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. went with a different strategy where my front three were Ings, uh, Antonio, and uh, the Leeds Bamford. Mm-hmm. Okay. My midfield was Salah. Obviously, you can't have an FPL team without Salah. And I had uh, Mares in, and then I went mm. with my heart with Pepe, who completely ruined me. And then I had Greenwood <laughs> because I feel personally, Green. This is like Greenwood season. Like even Ole yeah. said, like he's come back a man after the summer. Man, he's, yes, yeah. For yeah. me, like apart from that other youngster, I forget his name at United. I feel Greenwood is like a player I really like to watch just week in week mm-hmm. out, just to see players like him develop at the stage where he's at. Right. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. hopefully he has a good season as well, just from his personal point of view. That was my mm-hmm. midfield. Midfield already switched. Pepe's off 7.5. Pogba's in 7.5. So I still got two in the bank. And my mm. back oh, three was. So I'm still waiting on Lukaku. Too? Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I transferred Pogba, Pogba in this week. Oh, you know, I was joking about Ben White. Is, I didn't have any. You know what? You know why that's a good thing? Because you just saved 0.2 million. Because Pepe is dropping in price and Pogba is increasing in price. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then my back three was basically Tierney, uh, who's substituted mm-hmm. now for Amate for the cu- upcoming game week, because I think Arsenal mm-hmm. uh, play Chelsea. And yeah. uh, I had uh, Target from Villa. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. other back was, I forget my last defender, and my keeper was Martinez. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm okay. still playing the waiting game, uh, decent, <laughs> not decent, I mean 72, 73 points is okay. So, okay, mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. At least you are about the average, so mm. at least be, yeah. be yeah, happy about that. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll talk. To, we'll speak to uh, our game week leader so far, our resident stat man, who Akshay. Uh, yeah. Please take us through how what worked for you, what didn't work for you, and I will finish. Like out of all of you, I finished with me last because I have the most pain. But we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we'll, we'll speak. It was good, but it was bad as. Well, um, I finished with 109 points. Uh, oh, yeah. How was that? Okay, never mind. Yeah, no, let, let me come no, so, like... <laughs> No, this will baffle you all when I tell you. So it's like I a started with... of the class complaining about the exam. <laughs> so I started with... Uh... <laughs> so, so I started with Martinez as my goalkeeper, two points. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, no, no worries at all. 
And then Amate, Semikas, Sufan, and uh, TWA, Trent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them did good except the one man, Sufan. Mm-hmm. And then I had Fernandez and Bruno with Greenwood as mm-hmm. midfield three. Uh, captain you mean Salah with Bruno? No, you said Fernandez and Bruno. You had Bruno? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. Fernandez and Salah and oh. Greenwood as my midfield three. Salah okay. captain, which I was okay with as well, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Silo had mm-hmm. alluded earlier. And then up ahead, I had Antonio Ings and Wilson. So it was a pretty good oh, team for me. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had a pretty 12-pointer sitting on my bench with Ben Rama. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I just missed putting him on instead of uh, Sufal. And yeah, that was... Otherwise, I would have had a killer week almost. Didn't I think, confirm the team at the last round. Didn't confirm the one night. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> But but it's still good enough, so I'm happy about the team uh, and how mm. how I've played. Yeah. Sid, we'll go to you next, and then we'll go to Tushar after that. We we'll leave very, the pain for the end. A very similar team. I think I didn't have Simikas. I had uh, Shaw. So yeah. I think that's the only difference. Uh, I had. Did you have Greenwood, Akshay? I did. I did. I brought him on at the very last I had, minute. I had Greenwood. Who was my fourth midfielder? Who I don't remember who my fourth. Oh no! I played four at the back. I played four four two. I think yeah. the rest of the team was pretty similar. Uh, so I guess the difference was you, you had uh, Amate who got you six. I had Shaw and Sufal who got me two each. So Sufal got and me one. And as well. Yeah, yeah, I had Dini. So I, I guess I guess the rest of the team was very similar. I think that's why I just had hundred and two. I think I had hundred and two. Yeah, hundred and two. My yeah. misses had more than me, so it's a little bit pissing off. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, this comment is, is for you. <laughs> yeah, as I said, with Ben Rama sitting on the I bench. Think, I think uh, I think the missus had Son because she was like, "Let's go with Son because he scored really well last season." I'm like, "Sure, you mm-hmm. want Son? Go for Son." And what the fuck? Or how? I mean, would you know it? He scored the only goal and got all three bonus points. So yeah, uh, Duds. Oh, mine was just a big captaining error, dude. Like, I should have captained... Yeah. Uh, I captained Wilson at the end instead of Salah or Fernandez. <laughs> and that was just stupid. Uh, but my, my team was basically Edison, Dorothy, Kufa, Simikas, Benrama, Salah, Son, Fernandez, Tony, Ayu, uh, and Wilson. Mm. Chilwell got taken out instead of Dorothy. So, yeah. um, if I had captain literally any of my midfielders, I would have been 100 plus. <laughs> but mm-hmm. by mistake, I, I captain Wilson. I, I think I'd put Wadi or Kane or someone there. And I'd put the captain spot there and I was like, I'll change it later. And then I didn't do it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just missed up. Okay, we'll finish off with me. And then we'll finish off this episode. I had a strategy. I wanted my midfielders to be, all be playing striker positions which they kind of are so Salah plays as a striker Greenwood plays as a striker he drifts between the, the front three um, I had Son who's playing as a striker I had Bowen who was basically playing as a second striker to Antonio and I had Torres who is playing the striker role uh, at Man City and so when Torres gets that shot I, like, I literally go oh no it's about to happen and it just does not happen so <laughs> everybody except the people I had Ended up, and I didn't, and I said, I'm not going with Bruno because what could possibly go wrong against Leeds, right? Yeah. 
what could possibly go wrong bruno hall's 20 points and i had sar in his place who still got 12 anyway so i was like okay not uh, not too uh, not too bad did you get 12 did you get 9 i'm sorry you got 10 sorry you got 10 you got 10 as uh, a 10 yeah okay you got the clean so, sheet as well so oh uh, well, yeah huh yeah, so yeah i ended up on what 94 no 84 80 84 points ah but you which is okay. yeah which which is a good start but i don't know how that compared to what it could have been that's that's always the the hall okay, of fame almost yeah. wsabm score oh yeah we should touch up on that as well oh yeah we have a we have a vishnu we have a a, a league a, a team we built specifically for this podcast i want to know so we scored uh, 94 as a combined team you know you know you're fucking serious right now yeah. Listen, you know why it was because of you because you said antonio is useless Oh yeah, yeah Antonio. Yeah. Because it yeah. could have been so, better. He missed the pen. Yeah, but he missed the pen and then he scored. No, it was Sushek who scored the rebound then he scored the third. Yeah. So oh, yeah, he scored. Yeah, he scored. scored. And he assisted. He assisted yes, the goal. Assist well. Yeah. So but oh, now man, we know but, but but now we know Antonio's on pen so he has to be in the team. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. we've had a very uh, interactive uh, chat yeah. Um, yeah. that's been going on but more than anything else i wanted to th- i want to thank vishnu because i literally called him at 750 and said hey can you do this uh, and he said yeah sure we jumped on board absolute last minute uh, so thank you so much for coming on the pod i know and no i like thanks for calling me yeah with four people who've never spoken <laughs> spoken to before hey no but vishnu seriously yeah. uh, where will arsenal mm-hmm. finish i, I told you <laughs> it's the hope, yeah. hope that kills you with arsenal isn't it the whole package oh god uh, anyway uh, yeah. so i so the one of the comments that's there rohit pawar actually invited him he's an arsenal fan too but i mm-hmm. but he works he works night so i don't know if he saw the message but he's there on the comment section and that one's mm-hmm. for you uh, mr rabin always trust sala on opening day i did i had him captain so it's fine i would say always trust uh, bruno on your team No, and, and I think uh, you asked us on the chat as well, and I said I gave you like a double or triple thumbs up on that, and you still mm-hmm. didn't uh, listen to me. So yeah, unfortunately, but mistakes have been made, and I should learn from yeah. them. Uh, thank you all for coming on the pod, uh, Vishnu. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for coming on. Thank you, Darren. I'd I'd love for you to come back on this on the pod. So just let me know whenever you're free. We'll we'll make it work again. No, let me know if you give me like a day's notice. It'll be great because then I can plan. Yeah, don't do it. You know what? We'll we'll invite you for the North London derby. So just keep your calendar. Uh, if you want, I'll call us first fan. I know one. Oh, lovely! Oh, yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, we yeah, would love, love that. Yeah. You'll yeah. probably yeah. provide a good foil to the rest of the group. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Done. Okay uh that's us uh thank you all for for coming we shall see you soon take care cheers guys cheers, cheers. bye bye good night bye